the most important relationship that I have in my life is my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's far above any other relationship that I have, whether it's with my wife, my children, my parents, anyone. The most important relationship is the one with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what true Christianity is all about. It is all about a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a religion. It's not a set of rules. It's not an organisation. It's, it's not a cult. It's a living relationship with God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Made possible by what he done for all of us on the cross of Calvary. And as we come to this passage this morning, we have to read the whole chapter, but it's these few short verses. This conversation between Peter and between Jesus, we see that living relationship at work. And I want to just pick out three points, God willing, this morning. First is it's a relationship that deals with the heart. Then it's a relationship that requires repentance. And it's a relationship that restores our purpose. But before we get into the passage, it's probably worth just reminding ourselves of where Peter is at the beginning of this conversation. As we read through the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, we get a, a sense of Peter's character, don't we? Peter was often the one who was very bold as a disciple. He was very vocal in his love for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you remember when the Lord first told the disciples why he had come, he had come to die, Peter was the one who took him aside and rebuked him and said, no way, Lord, that will never happen. And then during the, the Lord's Supper, or the Last Supper, when the Lord was going around washing the disciples' feet, Peter was the one that says, oh Lord, you're not going to wash my feet, that's, that's beneath you. But when the Lord insisted, it was Peter at the end that said, well, if you're going to wash my feet, not just my feet, wash all of me. Wash all of me. And then in the Mount of Olives, when the Lord tells the disciples, listen guys, all of you are going to fall away on account of me. Wasn't Peter the one that came forward and says, listen Lord, even if all of them fall away, I will never, I will never disown you. I will never fall away. And of course the Lord reveals that prophecy to Peter, doesn't he? Peter, before the night's out, you're going to deny me three times. And then in the garden it was Peter who drew his sword to defend the Lord as the mob came to arrest him. And he cut off the, the ear of a high priest's servant. And then just a few moments after that, Peter finds himself in the courtyard, doesn't he, of the, the high priest. And he watches as Jesus is taken in and as he's falsely accused, as false witness after false witness comes forward, as they spit on him, as they, as they beat him, as they strip him. And then comes the challenge to Peter. Three times he's been charged of being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and three times he denies it. Even taking an oath and calling down curses upon himself. And of course the Bible tells us that at that point the cock crows. And we read in Luke's account of that particular situation that as the cock crows, Peter looks and the Lord turns his head and catches a glimpse of Peter and looks him straight in the eye. 
It reminds us that God sees everything. There is nothing hidden from God. We might be able to hide things from one another. We might be able to hide things in our relationships with one another. But there's nothing that can be hidden from God. The Bible tells us that at that moment Peter remembered his promise to the Lord and the Lord's prophecy of what would happen that night. And it says he went out and he wept bitterly. You see, he had failed. He had failed as he so often did in his life. And he was crushed by the guilt within. I don't say this to, to have a go or paint a picture of Peter that he's, he's some monster. That's, that's not true. I, I say this because actually I see, I see myself in Peter so often. And I'm sure you do. We sometimes make promises to the Lord and then we fail to keep them. We often let him down. We, we make mistakes. We have failings. We have shortcomings. We have fallings. In fact, the Bible reminds us, doesn't it, in Romans 3 and 23, that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And as we break into this passage here in chapter 21, we see Peter, a man who had almost all but, but given up. He kind of abandoned his calling to be an apostle. And here we find in chapter 21 he had returned to his, his former life. He had gone fishing. He was a fisherman. Jesus had called him to come and be a fisherman of men. But here we see Peter going back to being a fisherman catching fish. He'd even taken some of his disciples with him. And despite the fact that Peter before this occasion had been in the presence of of the risen Saviour, he hadn't reconciled with the Lord Jesus Christ. He hadn't sought forgiveness. He hadn't repented. And because of that, the, the guilt and the weight of sin in his life must have made him feel isolated and alone and distant. You see, the Bible tells us that's what sin does to all of us. Sin separates us from God. Because God is holy and just and can't look upon sin, the sin in our lives, the things that we do that are wrong against God, are the things that prevent us from having a relationship with Him. And you know, if we don't deal with that sin, if we don't deal with the broken relationship that we have with God, then the consequences, the Bible tells us, are eternal. It's not just a issue for this life but it's an issue that will continue for eternity that's the bad news the bad news is that we have a problem we all have a problem with sin but the good news this morning is that's why Jesus came that's why Jesus came to deal with my sin and with your sin on the cross of Calvary so that we could have a relationship with him, so that our relationship with God could be Restored. One of my favourite verses is actually in this chapter. And it's a little innocuous, I suppose, for a favourite verse, but we didn't read it this morning. It's John 21 and verse 4. And it says, Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. You see, despite Peter's failings and his faults, despite the fact that he'd let the Lord down, Despite the fact that he had sinned and that relationship had been broken and that he had gone back to his former way of life, 
Despite all of that, Jesus came looking for him. When the morning came, Jesus was standing on the shore. I don't know your circumstances this morning. I don't know whether you once made a profession of faith and accepted Christ, but maybe you had wandered away from that relationship. And like Peter, you've maybe gone back to your old way of life. Or maybe you've never made that commitment. Maybe, maybe you've never begun that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you that it doesn't matter who you are or where you are. The Lord Jesus Christ is looking for you. He says, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. The Bible tells us that all we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. And the Lord Jesus Christ this morning is standing on the shore waiting with his arms open ready to receive you and to restore your relationship with God. I wonder will you meet him this morning? So first of all it's a it's a relationship that deals with the heart. We see don't we in the, the opening transaction here, an opening conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ and Peter, but just just how tenderly he deals with Peter. He doesn't come to Peter and say, Well Peter, I told you so. Many times have we heard that. I told you so. He doesn't say to Peter, Well, Peter, you've let me down. You've let me down, Peter. I thought I could trust in you, Peter, but you've let me down. He doesn't give Peter a, a hard time. He doesn't make him feel any worse than, than what he already feels, I'm sure. Instead, he challenges Peter. He says, Peter, do you truly love me? You see, he goes straight to the heart of the matter. The heart. This is what Jesus says about the heart in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 19. Out of the heart come evil thoughts of murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, lies and slander. All come from the heart within us. And that's the issue that Jesus is dealing with with Peter here. The heart. Can you imagine just for a moment of every thought you've ever had, every action you've ever done, everything you've ever said, whether in secret or whether in public, was compressed into a, a CD and we gave it to the AV team. And the AV team showed each one of our thoughts and actions on the screen. Every secret thought, every secret action, every word spoken. I'll tell you the truth. When mine started to play, I would bout that door quicker than you could say Jack Flash. But you see, that's the issue that we have in our lives. That's the issue that we have with our hearts. All of these things are what the Bible terms as sin against God. And see, to begin a relationship with God, it requires heart surgery. It requires heart surgery. Just over a, a year ago now, my father suffered a, a heart attack and required surgery on his heart in order to, to get better. And we give God thanks that he is and, and doing well. But that's not something he could perform himself. He required a skilled surgeon to get in there and fix whatever was wrong. And Jesus says that the greatest commandment for us is to love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind. And that's not something that we can do on our own. It requires a change on the inside 
And the only way for that to be changed is for the Lord Jesus Christ to come in and do a work in our hearts. He says to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? We don't really know what the, the these are. I've got two scenarios that it could be. He could have been pointing to the fishing boat and the, the fishing nets and saying, Peter, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than your old way of life? Or it could have been pointing to the other disciples. Remember, Peter was so vocal about his love for the Lord that even if all of them fall away, I won't fall away. And Jesus might have been pointing to other disciples and saying, Peter, do you love me more than these? More than these other disciples? But it doesn't matter what he was referring to. He was saying, Peter, do, do you love me? Do you love me with all your heart? And that's the question that he asks of all of us. Do you love him? Do you love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength? Has the Lord Jesus Christ done a work in your heart to change you from within? To deal with the sin in your life, have you accepted him as saviour so that you could be changed from within and have a relationship with him? And the first step of that is repentance. It's a relationship that requires repentance. And we see that here in this passage. Three times the Lord Jesus Christ asked Peter if he loves him. And then in verse 17 we read that on the third time Peter was hurt. It says Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? Now the Greek word used here for hurt is called lupio. And it means to be distressed or in heaviness of heart or sorrowful or to be made sorry. You see, Peter was sorry for what he had done. Peter was sorry because he had let the Lord down. Peter was sorry because he had sinned in his life. Peter was repenting. And that's what the Lord asks us to do for the wrong that we've done in our life. 2 Corinthians 7 and 10 says... Godly sorrow brings repentance, which leads to salvation. You see, godly sorrow, when we're truly sorry, we see ourselves as God sees us. We see the sin in our life and how that affects our relationship with God. And we're truly sorry for it. If we don't, the Bible says in Ephesians then that we're dead in our trespasses and sins. It says that we are enemies of God. We are objects of wrath, His wrath. And one day we'll face His judgment. If we don't repent and say that we're sorry for the things that we've done against God. It also says if we claim to be without sin, then we're deceiving ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. You see, on the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ came to pay the price for our sin. For your sin and for my sin. The Bible says that God made him who knew no sin. Christ was, was perfect. There was no sin in him, but God made him who knew no sin to be sin. For us, for you, and for me. That if we confess 
with their mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, the Bible says that we will be saved. That's the repentance that Lord, the Lord is looking for. He's looking for us to turn from our own lives, from going our own way, recognising that what we've done has been against his will and against God, and turning from that and saying, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for all the wrong that I've done in my life. I want to turn and I want to follow you. That's what Peter was doing. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ wants from all of us. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ went to Calvary. Was so that he could pay the price for our sins. So that we could have that opportunity of repenting and turning and being reconciled to God. You know, I mentioned the relationship with, with my wife. There's many a times when I have, have got it wrong and I've messed up. Forgetting an anniversary was one of those times. But being able to say sorry and being reconciled back in that relationship, that's what it's like with our relationship with God. Perhaps this morning you've, you've made that first commitment maybe some time ago to accept Christ as your Saviour, but you have wandered far from Him. You know, there is no need for us to feel guilty for our sin anymore because of what Christ has done on the cross of Calvary. John, writing in his first epistle in verse 9, says, If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just and will forgive us from our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you love the Lord? Do you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul? Are you walking in a close relationship with Him? Have you repented, turned, and accepted Christ as your Saviour? But there's something else in this little exchange about repentance. And much has been made of this, whether it's it's relevant or not, but I believe it is. You see, on the first two occasions when Jesus asked Peter, he says, Peter, do you truly love me? Do you truly love me? And on the third occasion he says, Peter, do you love me? You see, there's two different types of love being spoken about here. The first and the first two occasions when Jesus asked Peter, do you truly love me? The word there is agape, and I'm sure you may have heard that before. That's a selfless love, a sacrificial love, a love that is pure, a love that seeks nothing in response. It's often used in the Bible to describe the love that God has for you and for me. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, is agape love. In all of Peter's responses, the word used is, is filial. It's more of a relationship type love. The love that two friends would have for one another. It's not on the same level as agape love. But interesting to note the third time that Jesus asked Peter if he loves him, he uses the word filial and not agape. You see what's happening is Peter, the Lord Jesus Christ is saying to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me like you said 
you once loved me when you said that even if everyone fell away, you wouldn't. Is your love for me selfless? Peter says, Lord, I love you, but I'm only here. I'm only here. The third time that Jesus asks Peter if he loves him, he comes down to where Peter is and says, Peter, do you love me? You see, the Lord Jesus Christ came to where Peter was in his life. And that's what he does for you and for me. No matter your circumstances, no matter your background, no matter where you are in your relationship with God, he will meet you where you are. There was a young lady who came to our church a number of years ago now, and giving her testimony when she was, after she had been saved, she said, I'd been coming for months and had been convicted of my sin before God and wanted to repent, but I never repented because I didn't think I was good enough. I looked around at everyone else in the church and I, I said, I can't be like them. I'm not that person or I'm not that person. I can't do what they do. And put off coming to saving faith because she felt she wasn't good enough. You know, you can't be too bad that God can't save you through the work of the cross. But you can't be too good that you think you don't need saved. But wherever you are, Christ will come and meet you. There is no level of faith that you need. There is no level of spiritual enlightenment that you need before you can be saved. Wherever you are in your life, if you are willing to turn from where you are, and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Saviour, then He will come and He will meet you. you know, this relationship, once we've repented, our purpose is restored. Jesus says to Peter, Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. Peter was to be the stalwart of the early church. He was the one who was going to stand up on the day of Pentecost and preach to the crowd. He was the one who was going to look after the the congregation in Jerusalem. And yet in this passage here he seemed a million miles away from that. But yet in restoring his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and repenting from the things that he had done wrong and turning and following Christ once more. Not only was his relationship restored, but his purpose was restored. Ephesians 2 and 10 says that you and I are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. Do you know that God has a purpose for each and every one of our lives? He's a perfect plan and purpose for all of us to be used in however he wants to use us in the building of his kingdom. But that purpose is only realised when we are in a right relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't do it on our own. Peter tried to do it on his own and failed miserably. And the same would happen to us. It's only when we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ not only is our relationship restored to what it should have been back in the beginning, but also our purpose in life is restored. 
we all want to know why we're here, then first of all we have to have a relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then finally he makes us he makes us into what or into who he wants to be. This is how Jesus finishes his conversation with Peter. He says, I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Jesus is telling Peter here that he was going to be martyred for his faith. He was going to be put to death because of his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you might think originally, what a horrible thing to hear. I don't know if I would like to hear that, that I'm going to be martyred for my faith. Some people in some countries have heard that and have been martyred because of their faith. But perhaps what a, a terrible thing to say to Peter, maybe what a terrible time to say to Peter, Peter when he's, he's a broken man. But actually if you if you contrast this to the last prophecy that Peter heard, you remember in the garden, Peter before the night's out, you're going to deny me three times. And now he's saying to Peter, Peter, so strong is your faith in me that you would be willing to lay down your life for it. It's a wonderful contrast. An absolute wonderful contrast that the Lord Jesus Christ was going to take this man and he was going to make him into the kind of person that he wanted him to be. Jonathan Edwards says that we contribute nothing to our salvation except sin. And that's true. That's true. But if we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we repent and we turn and we accept him as Lord and Saviour of our lives, if we allow him to restore our purpose in life, then by the work that he does in us, in each of us, he transforms us into the people and the person that he wants us to be. It's a wonderful salvation. It's a miracle, a real miracle of grace. It's amazing that you and I can have a relationship, a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder, do you have that relationship? Do you know him as your saviour? Have you turned and repented and acknowledged your sin before him, confessed him and accepted him as Lord and Saviour of your life? Are you following him daily? Are you allowing him to transform you into the person, not that you want to be, but the person that he wants you to be? My prayer is that you are, but if you don't and you'd like to know more about him then I'm sure Graham or myself or anyone else in the church would only be happy to sit down and tell you more about the Lord Jesus Christ and about how you can come to have this wonderful relationship with him. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we come into your presence through the precious name of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Father, it's such a such an amazing fact that you would want to have a relationship with us. 
people who have rejected you, people who have ignored you, people who have gone their own way and abandoned your will and way and purpose for their life to, to choose their own way. But yet, Father, despite despite that, your word teaches it that you love us so much that you are willing to send your Son, your only Son, to the cross of Calvary to pay the price for all the wrong that we had done so that we might be restored into a right relationship with you through faith in Christ. Father, it's such a, such a miracle, such a wonderful thing that you would want to, to walk and to talk with each and every one of us that you would want each and every one of us to be part of your family Father we just thank you for the wonderful saving grace of Calvary where Christ paid the price for our sins so that we don't have to and Father our prayer this morning is that everyone here would know and experience that relationship for themselves through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that we could all leave here saying that we are walking in a living relationship with our God and our Saviour.